This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and welcome back to The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And we have a conundrum today, a riddle. What is more important, trust or high performance? Well, we just talked about, I was going to say ethical creep. We just talked about ethical fading, probably the same way because it kind of creeps in. Um, but we've talked about ethical fading and how it's fostered by an overfocus on the wrong things. And, and normally when we're overfocusing on numbers and stuff like that. And we didn't talk too much about incentives and the role of incentives, but that's really where the numbers live. And we did do an episode back. If you go all the way back to season one, team of teams, we did do an entire episode on incentives. And remember you get what you incentivize. Um, not necessarily the performance metrics, but the behaviors. You're going to get the behaviors that you incentivize. And behaviors are kind of leading indicators. Strong behaviors, good behaviors probably mean good production is going to come down the road. Bad behaviors probably means that you're going to have a major issue um, when, let's say, the, the actions catch up uh, with you. So ethical creep starts really when incentives are designed poorly. That's that that's one of the places where it has an opportunity to, you know, get into that crack and start to kind of spread its infection around. A couple of examples are when let's say a reward, a compensation reward is disproportionately large compared to the value of the activity. Um, another is when a reward is significant and nearly impossible to achieve. So it's like the first one. Um, employees and even managers, anybody who's going to be receiving a reward, obviously will always push to have a bigger reward. But there's a psychology in the reward process or the, the, the way that you establish incentives that you need to take into an account. Um, and different episode for a different day, but we really need to be thoughtful about is the reward too small? Is the reward too big for the tasks that we're asking people to achieve? Um, and then the other issue is like, okay, we set up this nearly impossible uh, thing to achieve where you're going to get a award if you achieve it. And one of the things that we might call this is a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goals. And I'm going to leave BHAGs to like maybe a future book that, because I, I'm pretty sure that I've read books on BHAGs before. Um and instead of getting into the uh, the use cases for BHAGs, let's just kind of unfairly categorize them right now as <clears throat> an area where, well, maybe not unfairly, but we're going to categorize them as an area where you can start to have divergence within your business. Because think about what you're doing. You're saying, let's go ahead and set up a goal that sets us up for failure right from the beginning so that if we only get halfway there, we're going to feel like we were successful. It's a really weird and stupid uh, mindset. Do you really want people thinking, if I fail, I'm still a winner with my goal and, oh, you know, I, I've got a goal, but it doesn't really matter if we get there because it's ridiculous anyway, or whatever kind of weird mental gymnastics that that's going to create. Um, and again, I don't want to debate BHAGs right now. It's for a different day, but why wouldn't we just set a solid, reasonable goal in the first place and align a purpose with it? 
or articulate it in a way that actually matters to the people chasing it. That helps us pull compensation into alignment. It helps us pull incentives into alignment because not, incentives are not always money. Incentives can be other things. All right, so we're digging in now, right? Maybe we're starting to hit a nerve. Maybe you're listening and being like, but that's, you know, you're wrong. It should be all BHAGs and it should be all money. Okay, good. We're starting to dig in here a little bit and you're still listening, which means you're still trying to to be adaptable. You're still trying to get perspective, right? And you're going to go in whatever path or whatever journey you're going to go in. But this will at least give you something to think about. Do we actually know what we're doing? You know, somebody will say, well, you know, the consultant says, or the book says, you know, such and such book or such and such paper says that we should have BHAGs. I even heard a nice speech. I've heard great presentations on BHAGs. All right. Maybe you should then. Maybe you can make an argument. You can say there's a place for that within your business. It doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter until you have people that you can trust and that trust you. You're asking people to chase something. It's going to take a lot of energy, a lot of guts, right? It's going to take a lot of fuel, a lot of commitment. There's going to be hard times involved there, and there's going to be good times. You got to be able to trust each other to get there. It doesn't matter how skilled or how talented someone on your team is. If you have somebody on your team that is going to fuck you over, or you have a concern that they could fuck you over, just to make a dollar or to get some attention or to gain some leverage or to gain some power or to get a promotion or just because they're a narcissistic SOB, you will eventually get screwed. It is going to happen. Not just you, but everybody you lead who doesn't have that mindset, they're going to get screwed too. It will happen. I've had it happen to me more than once. So you can either learn from me or you can learn by owning your own mistakes and all of their glory. Because when when these things happen, it's like a glorious malfunction. It is everything that could have gone wrong. And it's, it's like standing out in a crowd naked. It's like, holy shit, what did I do? This episode was actually going to be about narcissists. Because I've unfortunately ended up working with a couple of them before. And um, you don't... And I... I I think that it would be great to do uh, either a book or an entire episode of narcissism. And there's obviously clinical components to that and stuff I don't want to get into. Um, But when you have people in your business that you can't trust, that you are concerned that they may fuck you over like we discussed. um, If you have narcissism in your business, if you have a narcissist or two that work for you, uh, Once you figure out like the fact that it doesn't matter how good they are at their job or how much work they're doing, the destruction around them and their ability to kind of hide the destruction around them until basically, you know, that infection gets so big, you got to lose an arm or a leg or your life. The destruction is just, it's, it's borderline irrecoverable. I mean, it just it hits you that hard. It takes, it challenges everything that you have just to be able to trust again. And it hurts 
I mean, the, the, the damage it does to people who are not, if you're a leader and you're strong in this case and you say, okay, I can overcome that. There's a lot of people that you're mentoring and you're leading who maybe don't have that mental fortitude yet. They haven't developed that yet, or you're coaching them and developing them to have it. And that kind of lack of trust, the things that will happen behind the scenes, um, when you have somebody, you know, you can't trust, but they're good at covering it up and hiding it from you. Um, the damage is profound. Simon talks about how if a team member has high performance and low trust, they are toxic. I think we've established that. And he would rather have a low performer with high trust. And I think he's just trying to make a point here because a low performer is still a low performer. Like we don't really want low performers either, right? Even if we can trust them, a low performer needs to get their performance up. Um, but what he's really saying is that the value of high performance is completely negated if the trust bank is bankrupt. So no matter how much that high performer can do for you, if you can't trust them, if you're just, it's a ticking time bomb from when they fuck you over, there, there's no value in their performance. What I've learned is that we need to build an organization that's comprised of people who share common virtues, that drive performance through personal and professional growth. This will create such a strong culture that people who don't fit will naturally be expelled, not by leadership, but by the people who are following leadership, who have bought into what leadership is trying to do. They will clean the system themselves. I did like another of Simon's points that I want to point out um, and I completely agree with. And that is, if you build trust with people, this could be your employees, it could be your clients, your shareholders, anybody that you can build trust with, then performance will almost always follow. Follow. 